This is the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Sam Newell, your host, and it is my goal to educate you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Through these interviews, my hope is that you will learn from the mistakes and also the successes of the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country. The idea for this podcast hatched out of my desire to find out what these industry leaders have learned and implemented since the 2008 recession and also what they're doing to prepare for the next downturn. Tune in and become recession proof. All right. Well, everybody, this is Josh Plave. I'm really excited to have him on. We're going to talk about a few very, very important things about um, basically using retirement accounts to invest in multifamily or really invest in anything. Um, but I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to talk about it kind of on a case study basis. So Josh, we've got five properties under contract, um, 42 million worth of multifamily. Any one of those deals would be a great candidate for people to take those retirement accounts that they have saved up and uh, put money into one of those deals. Um, the one I wanted to talk about, which is probably one of the best deals we've ever done, was Cleveland. So we've got a deal that's a mile and a half from the Cleveland Clinic, number two hospital in the world, um, adding jobs left and right. It's We have a, uh, a medical school, a dental school within a mile and a half as well. So um, it just amazing location. So we need to raise still, let's say a million bucks. And if someone has, quarter million in the retirement count. They can't just take money out and throw it straight in. There's a process, there's things that they need to do. But in most cases, when we've had investors do that, they've made way more money because of the tax incentives, because of just the different returns and, and higher returns we can get on this property. So let's say that that um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith come to you. They say, hey, we love this deal that Sam has got going on in Cleveland. We love that it's close to the hospital. The, we've got doctors and, and med students in this deal. We want in this deal, but we've never taken money out of retirement account before. Where do we start? And that's where I want to bring you in. And how do we get Mr. and Mrs. Smith to go ahead and jump into this deal with us? We've got 30 days till all the money's due. Where do we go from here? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that deal has quite the upside. I like the sound of it. It's um, a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Sounded off market. We're, we're excited about it. Yeah, you should be. So uh, as far as Mr. and Mrs. Smith go, uh, it really depends on kind of uh, their accounts that they have, where they're sitting right now, and also their uh, eligibility for certain types of accounts. So um, the first step is to take a look at if the account is in your control. So what I mean by that is if it's at a 401k with a current employer, you probably can't actually make use of the money. Um, it's typically held up in that plans administrator. Uh, they're not going to allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover, but you should check if you know the money you're thinking about is there. Um, but really you need it from a past employer or an IRA that you've set up yourself on the side. Um, if you do have those funds sitting in something that you can control and move away, uh, what you need to do is you actually need to move it from the current custodian that it's sitting at. And so it's probably sitting at Vanguard, TIAA, Schwab, one of these companies that uh, they only facilitate stocks and bonds and everything. So if you want to get involved in Sam's deal, um, what you do is you actually will end up moving it to a custodian similar to one of those bigger companies. They're just a little smaller. Um, and they set up for alternative assets. So they do real estate, they do crypto, gold, anything you really think is a good investment, they allow for 
Uh, so from there, what you want to do is decide on the types of account you want to have. And so we all know that there are IRAs and self-directed IRAs are really no different. It's kind of a misnomer. They're just invested in a different method. Mm -hmm. um, there's the solo 401k, and that's what I call the holy grail. Uh, that is for folks who have self-employment income. And it doesn't, uh, the nice thing is it, the threshold is extremely low. Um, you just need to be able to show some self-employment income to sponsor the plan. Uh, you can be like a contractor or, um, you know, a, a consultant in your line of business, or you can sell stuff on Etsy. Be a realtor. Yeah. So you can do exactly. You can do really anything, uh, as long as you don't have, um, you know, employees underneath you you're able to open up one of these accounts and move your funds over to that. And that gets to earn uh, in a leveraged asset completely tax-free. So huge fan of that one. Yeah. Um, the self-directed IRA, that one's going to incur some taxes and we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, what you end up doing is you move it over to one of these custodians. And as an investor myself, um, I, I've ended up finding that the best option, especially if you're passively investing in multifamily, in my opinion, is to go for a checkbook control account. Um, if you move it just to the custodian and leave it there, you need to deal with paperwork every time you want to get involved in one of Sam's deals. And uh, that it takes weeks. I've even seen some investors that almost didn't get their funds in by the due, the fund's due date because the paperwork was just being held up and taking so long. Um, it's happened so, before to people for sure. I've, I've had investors yeah. where it took six, eight weeks after requesting the money and, and, just crazy amount of time. The sad thing is it's not uncommon. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of businesses out there that are just, they just drag their feet, unfortunately. And so I like to advocate for checkbook control. I don't get any money for saying it. I'm not uh, a custodian or a vendor myself. Um, but basically what happens is you first move it to a custodian. The first step is the same, but then uh, the company that's helping you set this all up, they'll set up that custodial account, but they'll also set up an LLC. And that LLC is for the IRA. And what happens is the IRA ends up investing 100% of its funds into that LLC. And so from there, you are actually the manager of that LLC. You can go ahead and open up a checking account just like any other business. And uh, you can invest in one of Sam's deals. The expenses and income will flow back and forth between that LLC. And uh, it, the overhead's really simple. Uh, you're just paying really low fees, uh, like 15 bucks a month or $180 a year, uh, or uh, you know wire fees for every time you want to do a deal. There's no paperwork involved. You just basically That's put in the fine. wire request and then you, it's just 35 bucks, you know, whatever the wire fee is at the bank you end up using and uh, you're off on your way. It's, it's much more simplified, especially if you're passively investing and just doing that one specific investment. We also do ACH deposit when we distribute our money instead of sending checks. So that could be a really easy system for people. As long as they understand, they can't just start writing checks and going on vacation with that money. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some restrictions on it. Don't do um, that. But no, no, you don't want to do that. You don't even want to buy a investment property and then go stay in it for free. You can't really benefit from any of the things that your retirement account is doing. Right. But that's why multifamily is a great opportunity because you have to earn only passive income in your retirement account. It can't be any active income. You can't be actively involved in the deal. So you need to let somebody else really take care of the investment. So multifamily is perfect because you're earning just rental income, capital gains, things like that. Yep, absolutely. Cool. So the first step is figure out where your money is and move it to a an easier location where you have control, where you can maybe have, you said it was a checkbook. What was the terminology? 
checkbook control. Checkbook yeah. control. And then you can invest basically at will rather than needing, even after you move it, even you will need weeks and weeks of, of waiting and paperwork to invest. So there's two steps there. Move your money um, where you have the control with your, is it an accommodator or, or what is that called? Administrator. Administrator. But then make sure you have that a checkbook, checkbook controlled one so that you don't have to work with them every time you want to invest. Um, cause exactly. it is a lot of work and, and hassle. I've had multiple investors do that. And, and like I said before, six to eight weeks into it, they're barely getting the funds and, and potentially missing out on deals. Yeah. And the sad thing about that is they have to pay for that experience too, because mm-hmm. most places have a transaction fee mm-hmm. and it's like 250 bucks or a hundred dollars and there's a rush fee. And so you're paying to basically uh, have someone, you know, really screw up your investment. Yep. Totally. Totally. Well, cool. So, so let's say they get it in one of these checkbook controlled accounts. Um, one of the rules that I think was helpful for, helpful for people to know is you cannot touch that project. You cannot go work on that project. It has to be passive, just like he said. So you can flip home, use the money for a flip, but you can't do any of the work. You can't be the flipper. You know? Exactly. Um, so I, I've had investors do that. You can put money into one of these deals, but if you're sponsoring the deal, all of a sudden that violates that as well. So um, I'm not the expert you are. So what other rules are there that people need to follow? Yeah. So essentially you can't benefit from any of the action that your retirement account is taking. And then your retirement account can't benefit from present day you. So like Sam mentioned, you can't, uh, if you're flipping a house, you can't go in and swing a hammer. That's considered sweat equity. You can sit there and call the shots. You can be a project manager and say, okay, I want you to go and and fix this. I need a roofer. I can go find them. You can do stuff like that. But um, essentially somebody else needs to do the work. And so that's why we really advocate for passive investments. It keeps it very kosher with the IRS. They don't frown upon it. Um, And so it allows you to really have the hands off because as I mentioned, it needs to be only passive income. So it's really important people understand this. I have a quick story for you that um, I felt it was just, it was a misunderstanding and someone who didn't do enough research. So I had an investor probably eight years ago um, who took money out of his account. It took him eight weeks. We finally closed on the flip and he said, Sam, I I need you to be the project manager. I I can't do anything on this property. I said, hold on. I sold you the property. I did, I, I'm not a partner. I didn't sign up to manage this project for you. Are you going to pay me? And, and so that was kind of weird. And so I said, go talk to your, your people, figure out what you can do. He said, okay, well, I can go to the property. I just can't do any work. Well, this was an amazing deal. He should have made about 70000 within three months. I hooked him up with a contractor. And he kept forgetting that he was supposed to be the, prop, the project manager. He said, I can't do anything with the property kept wanting other people to check in on the project for him. So six months later, he still didn't have a remodeled house. And it was him not really understanding the rules. He, you know, no one was asking him to work on the house. The contractor was there doing the work. He wasn't working fast enough, but this specific investor took it so far to the extreme, kind of made up his own rules. He refused to even go to the, the, the house because he didn't want to get taxed or, or have any penalties. And, um, I mean, you can correct me if my if I'm wrong, but my understanding is you can still be around and you know make sure people are doing the work. You just can't actually work on the house. So that was an extreme example of someone not understanding this rule, and me, you know, feeling bad for the guy. He still it still sold for exactly what I told him it would sell for. He still made money, 
but there was a huge amount of fees and costs for an extra three to four months of holding that money out of the account that he should have never had to pay for. And so my advice is get crystal clear on what you're able to do and what you're not able to do because he should have had that flip done in two to three months and made way more money than he did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you just need to be educated on what your options are. Um, that's my goal with all of this is trying to give people the full perspective. I, myself, an investor, my family and I have seven different self-directed retirement accounts. And so I needed to figure out exactly what we were doing with all of these things and what the picture is. And and uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely could have made phone calls. He doesn't have to be blind to the entire operation. He can show up. He just can't personally benefit from it. He can't make right. any money himself off of it, but it can go straight back into his retirement account. Um, and so, yeah, there's- Can he mow the lawn? Uh, no, you can't mow the lawn. I mowed the lawn for him, so- That's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, but Which I yeah. don't do ever. I, I'm not a, I've helped one client. I'm a realtor as well. So I've yeah. in 10 years, I've helped mow the lawn once and, and help people move maybe twice, but it's not part of the services. People. That's a good track record. I think <laughs> it's inevitable at some point. Yeah. Got it. So, so take us to our next step. So these people, they, they're, and, and maybe take us through, I think we need to back up that first step is taking it from, um, point A to point B and what are the steps involved and who or what should they look for um, taking it out of that place where they don't have any control to where they can have it. And maybe you can help us with the terminology, but you know, most people call it a self-directed yeah. IRA or, or something like that. So, so help us with that process. Yeah. So if you're interested in utilizing a self-directed IRA that has checkbook control, I personally have worked with two different places. Um, you essentially will help, you will have another person or company help you to establish both pieces, the custodian account and the LLC. Um, I have used, there's two different uh, brands. One is Rocket Dollar. They're great. They're all online and super cheap. Um, it's typically 360 bucks to establish an account. Um, I have a $50 discount if anybody would like to reach out to me. But uh, yeah, and then monthly fees are $15. So it's super cheap. Uh, they'll set up everything for you. And, uh, and, and you'll be on your way. If you plan on doing things beyond passive investing and, and you need kind of some advisory services on what you are allowed to do on if certain transactions are allowable, uh, then you'd probably want to go with a different company that uh, is called Safeguard Advisors. Uh, I've used them for my family's accounts. And the nice thing with them is they'll establish your, you know, both, both pieces for you. But because um, they're not a fiduciary, usually custodians can't give you investment advice because they're not a fiduciary. Um, but the, the Safeguard Advisors is able to, uh, they're able to uh, advise your LLC. And so you're able to get um, consulting services on any kind of things you're doing for flips or other businesses you want to get involved with, with retirement account. And, uh, and it's really nice to have that, you know, somebody there to, to that you can pick their brain and, and figure things out with. So uh, we've used them to uh, to great success, and then uh, basically what you need to do is figure out really what you can and can't do. And uh, the, we've kind of touched on it. Um, the concept is called disqualified persons. You are the first disqualified person, and then it also includes anybody who uh, is a linear ascendant or descendant. People like parents and grandparents, children and grandchildren, and then also spouses at any level. What about um, brother-in-law? Brother-in-law is totally allowable. Mother-in-law is allowable. My Brothers are allowed. That. What was that? My uncle's doing that. He he had an, an investment where um, 
his brother-in-law was able to partner with them with them. And I'm pretty sure that's what they did where his brother-in-law did all the work and, and, uh, came from his account. Yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, even your own brother is perfectly okay. And, um, there are, you do cousins and nieces and nephews, aunts, uncles. So anyone off to the side is okay. But, um, if you're investing, let's say I wanted to invest with my dad. Um, we both couldn't invest in the same opportunity because, uh, he's a, he's a disqualified person. Um, but, the nice thing is I actually like to think of retirement accounts like they're a completely different person uh, because you can't, in, you know, you can't invest with your retirement account. You kind of have to keep them separated. The nice thing is any of those people that you typically both couldn't passively invest in one deal together on um, those people, their uh, retirement accounts are different people as well. So you can actually get involved in the same deal with your parents um, if you're both using retirement funds. So as long as everyone in the deal is using retirement funds, you can do whatever you like uh, and invest with whoever you want. Um, and that's how my family and I uh, do things. We have a big holding company and we put all of our retirement funds in it all at once. And that way we're able to kind of leverage our larger power together and go into a, a deal together at a lower personal level. Let's say the you know, minimum investment is 75,000. We can each come in at 25,000 and overall have a much more uh, diversified portfolio across our, our retirement. So it, it really allows you to kind of get around some rules. Uh, just make sure everyone's using just retirement funds. Got it. So as long as, so let's say we have three parties, like in your situation, we have my dad, my sister, and me. We all, we all want to invest in this Cleveland deal that we've got. If we're going to invest as one fund, the contribution from each of us has to come from our retirement funds not exactly. personal bank account or savings account or anything like that. Yep, exactly. Now the only hitch is you couldn't be involved, but uh, theoretically any of your family members could. Got but, it. Yeah, theoretically, exactly. if I wasn't a sponsor. Yeah, if it's just, deal. if it's just a difference, Cleveland deal. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. What would be advice or maybe issues that you see pop up typically when investors look at these deals, they want to get ready, they get excited. Let's say someone gets Mr. And Mrs. Smith get really excited about this Cleveland deal. They want to put money in with us. Um, where do they go from there? What, what are their first steps and what, what should they do? Well, you can open an account like we mentioned. And the nice thing is um, you should really take a look at if you can be eligible for a solo 401k. Uh, because if you have traditional funds, you can move them, traditional IRAs, you can move them into a solo 401k and it's it, it will end up being tax-free. The big mistake I see a lot of people make with retirement accounts investing in multifamily is they're not aware of the taxes that uh, pop up. Mm-hmm. Because there are taxes that occur. And uh, beyond what we've already mentioned, the main thing you need to consider is that if you're using a self-directed IRA, when you're investing in a leveraged asset, you actually can be taxed. Uh, b- believe it or not, you know, most retirement people, uh, most people believe retirement accounts are tax-free. But if you're in a leveraged asset, let's say you're buying a property with 25% equity, 75% leverage. And uh, if you bring in $100,000, of the overall income that comes in is considered, is generated by your IRA. And the other 75% is being brought in from an outside source. So it's non-tax deferred dollars. The lender is lending you money to help your IRA earn. And the IRS is okay with this. They just say you need to pay tax on that portion. So in this example with 75% leverage, the nice thing is, uh, well, so the not so nice thing is you have to pay taxes on 75% of the income that comes in that year, 
But mm-hmm. the nice thing is you can actually use 75% of depreciation, operating expenses, and other kind of losses to help offset that um, the tax. So it's really nice. You earn this thing called unrelated debt financed income, and then you end up paying unrelated business income tax or UBIT. And so most people aren't aware of this and what the impact might be. Um, It's definitely beneficial to try to avoid it if you can, if you can open a solo 401k and move your funds over to that. But if you are facing UBIT, um, I, I wanted to kind of get a picture of how impactful that is. And so I actually went ahead and built what I believe is the first UBIT calculator for the industry. And I want to be able to understand for my investors, you know, what are we getting involved in uh, and how much tax we're looking at. And so the the nice thing is most of the losses and expenses that you're incurring are able to offset the vast majority of your income for the first three to four years. So you're either looking at no UBIT or you're looking at very low, like on $10,000 return for $100,000 investment. You're looking at something like a hundred bucks or $300 in taxes. It's, it's not a huge amount. What happens is on the capital gains event, on a capital event, when you're, you're experiencing capital gains, uh, that's when you start seeing a larger uh, value. And mm-hmm. so you end up having to pay a bigger amount at the very end when you're actually selling. And so when broken down over an annualized rate, we're seeing about four to 6% uh, reduced returns annually. Uh, so if you're doubling your money in five years, which is a typical multifamily investment or something along those lines, uh, you're looking still at around 15% return. So if, if you know what's going to happen when you're getting involved in it uh, and you're aware of these circumstances uh, that are involved, it's fine. I think it's still a worthwhile investment uh, to, to look into. You just need to be aware of the full picture uh, of what you're getting uh, into. Got it. So to summarize that, I mean, that was really good information. And by the way, you built your own UBIT calculator. That's awesome. Please send us the link so we can uh, put it in the show notes because that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you said some really cool things there. Number one is if you can move to a solo 401k, do it because those unrelated business income dollars that are coming to you because we financed a deal so 75% of your investment with us will be taxable because we're leveraging at 75% for the Cleveland deal. So A, doing a 401k, self um, solo 401k will help avoid that. Exactly. Let's say you can't do that. You're still, you're just doing a self-directed IRA. That's okay. The cool thing about our deals is we're doing cost segregation. We're doing large rehab budgets and per 100,000 invested you can't hold me to this, but we average 60 to 70% of your money back to you as far as a passive loss in year one, in the first 12 months. Um, So yeah, that's going to carry forward. And again, I'm not a CPA. I can't guarantee any of this, but my understanding is that, you know, if if I invest a hundred thousand, I'm going to get 70,000 in passive losses that carries forward as, as long as it needs to until you use that up as far as your tax deductions go. So if we made you 10,000 this year and you have 70,000 in losses, you could have seven years of tax-free income on this deal. Um, Yeah. Retirement accounts are pretty close to that. They're very similar. Um, They actually can't make use of cost segregation studies. Unfortunately, they have to do the the straight line method, but the concept is the same. They actually can roll over those excessive losses and continue. And that's, that's how you kind of are able to avoid you, but for a while. Nice. Nice. Okay. So similar, but a little bit different 
yeah. uh, straight line 90%. depreciation versus cost seg. Um, principles are the same. If you can do a, a solo 401k, do it. If not, you have UBIT and then you have to calculate your, your losses. Um, and then you're going to give us that link to that calculator. Cause I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, for sure that, I mean, that's your example was, was right on. We're going to leverage 75%. Some deals, maybe a little bit less, maybe 65% at the end of the day. Um, y- your example is great. And, and people, if you can get a, get a solo 401k, um, and it's amazing how many people don't know what a solo 401k is or why it's beneficial. And, and I feel like I've known about it for years and, most of my investors just have their money sitting in these retirement accounts and rarely do they kind of understand how powerful it is to bring those out. So maybe talk to us a little bit about maybe any success stories you've seen of people taking money out and being happier with the returns they're getting in these real estate investments. Yeah. So the, I mean, the prime example is the person who got me, the person who inspired me to start uh, my company, Walter Maine. It was my dad. Uh, he, is he's kind of gearing up for retirement in the next five, seven years, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, you know, what, what his approach is and he's a high earner. So as soon as he retires, he's losing that income and he knows he has, to, he has a, you know, a sizable 401k, but he needs to lean on that. And so his worry is that when he, when the time comes for him to actually start distributing from that 401k, uh, he, you know, he's worried that if the market is in a slump, he's going to have to pull money at that exact moment. And he's not really looking forward to that. You know, he, he spent a long time building up that account balance and he doesn't want to squander it. So right. um, we're starting to move him over to retirement or sorry, to, to multifamily because um, in his retirement accounts, because that way, not only is it less volatile since 1990, multifamily is 58% less volatile than the S&P 500. It doesn't experience crazy ups. Can you repeat down. that one time for me just for kicks and giggles? Yeah, <laughs> since 1990. Multifamily is 58% less volatile than the S&P 500. So you're not going to see crazy 30% years and you're not going to see crazy 30%, you know, ups and downs. So, right. uh, but it's going to be very steady eight to nine, 10% growth, um, year over year. And so not only is it going to be there for you, but it's also going to earn cash flow. And so if you're entering retirement age and you're 59 and a half, you can actually, uh, invest in something that's going to be cash flowing and you can get, you know, uh, rental income directly from that that property into your your retirement account and then take a distribution from that that year to actually supplement your day-to-day lifestyle and so uh, not only will money be growing for you at night but you can actually use it during the day and uh, and really help to kind of smooth out your portfolio when you do actually end up needing it I love it the the name of this podcast is recession proof real estate investing and I, I love what you just said. You know, you can cash flow and your dad specifically is worried about, you know, let's say the market slumps and stocks and bonds. I mean, everything's not doing as well. So his investment isn't paying him the dividends or what he needs, or maybe he needs to take it out at that point And it's in a low point. Well, you know, I I'm experienced that I had a little retirement account started. I started in 2018 and, you know, my, my guy kept emailing me, Hey, we're up this much. Hey, we're up this much. And it's been crickets because oh. I think we're down like everything we made plus another 20% in his wow. specific fund. And I'm like, this is terrible. You know, um, meanwhile, I've never made less than 20% on a real estate investment personally. 
um, tripled my money on my most recent purchase in, in New Mexico this last year. So yeah, I mean, that's what your dad is worried about is having to build this thing up for years and years and years. And then when he needs it, we're in some type of a slump and you know, who wants to take their money out during, during a low time. So the beautiful thing about our deals and, and I'm going to brag on ourselves a little bit, but we do what's called a recession test. Some people call it a stress test, but we want to know, okay, this Cleveland deal, let's say coronavirus number two hits us even harder and people are not able to pay rent or whatever is going on. Number one, we're not going to lose the deal because we don't buy any deal that, that can't pay for itself at, at at least 20% vacancy. And most of these deals can go up over 30%. The Cleveland deal, I think it's like, thir- it can be 34% vacant and still cover all its own costs. And so um, even, even in somewhat of a downtime, it's going to cash flow very well. And across the board, our portfolio during coronavirus, we're, we've averaged 97% collections and 98% physical occupancy. So even during the craziest, weird recession, pandemic thing I've ever seen, we're, we're, we're fine. Um, any market we've, we're in currently, we did the research that during the last recession, they didn't get over 10% average vacancy. So that's kind of the beautiful thing that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned. Um, people want to feel safe and secure. While we can't guarantee anything, we are the least volatile and the best cash flowing asset you can ever buy, uh, which is multifamily. And um, that's why a lot of people, and I'm loving that, you, that you're on today because that's why a lot of people are, have been thinking about and wanting to transfer their retirement accounts over to real estate. Yeah, it, it helps. I know it helps me sleep at night. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to get my dad to sleep a little better. He's a naturally bad sleeper, but uh, hopefully there I go. can help him out. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm the same way, man. I I just want people to feel good. I want to feel good. The deals we buy are so conservative. You know, I can't say no matter what happens, but you know, when coronavirus hit, there are people that couldn't sleep at night. There is people, even multifamily investors who didn't buy right. It's all about how you buy the deal. And they don't do recession tests. They don't do a stress test. There's people that said, hey, investors, you're not getting paid for the next six months because we don't know how this is going to go. Meanwhile, we're calling our investors saying, hey, remember that thing we called a uh, recession test? Well, we're glad we did it because we're just fine. And our the deal we bought is so conservative that we're not having any issues. And so we're kind of with you. We, we like to sleep at night. We like to, uh, you know, just be able to take advantage of a situation and not be stressed out during coronavirus or whatever downturn may be coming. Yep. That's what we're all in this for and uh, help smooth out the bumps in life. Awesome, man. Well, tell us about um, a little bit about your business, what services you offer, why um, you come so highly recommended. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, my business is wall to main. And uh, it's kind of a, a two-pronged business. Uh, first, I help educate investors on what they can do with their retirement accounts. Uh, I have it ends up being about thirty minutes of videos uh, that you can go through and learn all the A B, all the A through Z on uh, on what it takes to to get this done. And um, beyond that, like Sam, I'm a multifamily operator. I specifically look for investments that um, are targeted for retirement investors and and perfectly aligned with those. So. That's what I help to you know find for my investors day to day. That's what I spend my time doing, and and 
it's lately it's been turning down some deals, unfortunately, that didn't line uh, line up right with retirement investors. But uh, hopefully, we'll find something soon that that fits. Awesome, awesome, man. And um, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for about two two and a half years. Okay, and so you've seen the market change a lot. I mean, in the last two and a half years, I feel like we're in a completely different spot than we were. Yeah, it's uh, people were guns blazing a lot more. Uh, they were they were I don't want to say careless, but uh, a lot lot more gung ho about the situation. And so I think folks are getting um, they're they're getting their heads on right, and they're making sure that they're they're doing stress tests like you've mentioned that you guys do, and uh, and making sure that no matter what happens with stimulus or what happens with the uh, economy, we're able to continue providing uh, perfectly fine. Uh, workforce housing for our tenants and, uh, and benefit from that as well. Totally. Totally. Well, um, as far as your company goes, obviously, um, if you guys want to invest in multifamily, um, we have great investments, but you know, I, I always tell investors, reach out to other people, see what Josh ha- has going, what kind of deals he has. Um, if you have retirement accounts, you want to reach out to Josh, definitely reach out to Josh and ask him. Um, you know, he's the expert. That's what he does there. That's why we had him on the show. Um, just repeat really quick. How can people get in contact with you? What's your website, and specifically, what what kind of res- what kind of educational materials can they look at? Where do they find it? Things like that. Yeah. So my website is walltomain.com, and there I've got, as I mentioned, kind of a, a video series, and it's really like it's a learning center for understanding how to either passively invest or also do it with your retirement accounts. And so we break everything down into the different subjects and the different details that you need to know. Um, I'm also offering a free PDF on the top 10 tips and tricks when investing in multifamily with your retirement account. And uh, and it gives you kind of like a couple ways to avoid UBIT and a couple ways to to optimize your account and make sure that you're you're making the most of what you have in front of you. Awesome. I love it. Waltamain.com. I'll make sure I put that in the notes as well. And do you have anything currently going on that we can promote for you that we can tell people about? Anything that, that you'd like to... Um, just promote? Uh, unfortunately, by the time it airs, I'll have all that stuff uh, having already happened. I've got some some uh, webinars and, and uh, presentations that I'm going to give. But uh, other okay. than that, I'm busy buying and selling my own personal residences as I move. So <laughs> I'm busy nice. enough as it is. Hey, I, I, um, I feel for you. Buying and, and selling homes is stressful. So good luck with your move. Congrats you. on, on getting your house sold and getting that next one. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I did want to really quick, um, if, if you could give one piece of advice to someone just to just kind of cap this discussion off with their retirement accounts, um, what's probably the best piece of advice you've heard with either investing in real estate or investing with their retirement accounts? Well, it kind of goes for both, uh, for just if you're going to be investing in real estate or if you're doing a retirement account. Um, it sounds so simple, but dig in as much as you can become obsessed with that one topic for a few days on end and learn as much as you can, because the thing that really bites us in the ass the most is not knowing the things we don't know. And so you don't know the questions to ask, uh, because you're, you know, you're 70 or 80% of the way there and you don't know that last 20%. And so you kind of, you get, um, you get stuck with, with, uh, some problems because you weren't aware of the questions to ask and the things to look out for, because you didn't 
really dive in before you jumped in. Uh, that doesn't make any sense, but uh, you know, you didn't get the full picture before you you started. So really uh, explore everything available to you and uh, and explore any kind of resources that you can, and uh, you'll be a much more successful investor as a result. I love it. I have the same advice for my investors. I love it when people trust me, but I also hate it. Um, <laughs> I would rather them do the research and trust, but verify. You know, I, I had an investor apologizing at dinner the other night because he's asking me all these questions and rapid, rapid firing them. And I'm more than happy to answer questions. I don't, I don't have anything to hide. And it actually makes me feel, feel better because I know down the road, if I've already answered the questions for him, he's less likely to say, Hey, you didn't tell me about that or what the heck's going on here. Or maybe we'll, something will come up where we realize it's not the best fit for him and that comes out sooner. So I would say trust, but verify. And just like Josh said, become an expert in that field. If you're going to put your hard earned money that you've been saving for years in an investment and all investments have inherent risk, you better know what you're doing. You better do it right. And uh, great advice. I would say absolutely do what Josh said and, and figure out what you're doing. Research it. YouTube University, go to Josh's website. Um, definitely figure stuff out and, and rely on the experts. So um, thank you for that, Josh. Um, I'll, I'll get this aired as soon as I can because I know there's a lot of people wanting to to invest this year with their retirement accounts. Um, but I'll let you know when this gets aired. And thanks so much for being on the show. It was great having you. 